630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. of the seventh. For the Blue Jays tonight, it is Josh Donaldson with two home runs. R.A. Dickey, 111 pitches through seven. He has eight strikeouts. He has allowed two runs. Neither one of them earned, though he did uh, surrender a home run as uh, the Jays coming in 46-39 and 39 on the season. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Ched. That was your scoreboard update presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. Team Brick Alberta now 1-2 and two at the Brick Invitational at West Edmonton Mall. They lost 6-1 today to the BC Junior Canucks. All right, game time Friday at 8 Eskimos, home to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Dave Campbell, a member of our broadcast crew. Dave, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Really well. How are you? Good. Good to see you, buddy. I missed you last week. I didn't yeah. see you for a while. Yeah. A little uh, week off. Went to the Kootenays for a little camping trip. So uh, it was it was good. Hot weather. But it's uh, nice to be back at work, too. So, so did you, you, you have a child. Yes. What is he, like four? It's five months old. Five now. months. Yeah. I knew he was somewhere between a newborn and six years old. I have no concept <laughs> of time. When it comes to other people's children, so he's five months old, so he wasn't. He didn't do any of the driving. No. Nope. So were you were you reluctant as a new parent to to travel with the, a relatively young baby, or how how did you approach this? Uh, I mean, I guess you just can't shut down all your vacation plans because you got a kid. No, exactly. So you know, we went camping with uh, with my wife's uh, parents and her brother. So. We all pile into the big trailer and, and. Okay, so what I'm hearing now is you could pawn the child off. Noah, he has a name, by the way. I just keep calling him yeah, the child. Yeah, Noah. Sounds like something from a horror movie. <laughs> the child. The, the ch- child is coming. No. So you could just, so I'm hearing you could just pawn Noah off on other people. So, yeah, so, we could do that, yeah. You could just, it didn't happen no, very often, I, though, but because, <laughs> you know, my wife is quite fond of the little one, as, as I am. Uh, my wife is really fond of, of, of our son. So, no, it was good. I'll tell you what, he sure loves the fresh air. Oh, good. Slept like a teenager. 10, 11 hours. Oh, that's good. Wow. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I kept looking down at his playpen going, when are you going to get up? It's like 10 o'clock. Get up. You oh, know? good for him. But uh, He's growing. Yeah, he is. He is. He's doing really well. So it was a good trip. Now, have you noticed any affinity for football or any other sports yet with Noah? He watches uh, He watches a lot of football with me. Yeah. Uh, hockey, he he loved. And I think it's because of the of the white. The, the white ice. Right. Uh, he That really captured his attention. So uh, hockey and football, he's uh, really into so far. Good. You so. should get him into golf young. You know why? Because if you try to learn it at our age, you still suck at it. Yeah, that's as, right. As we both have been finding out this summer. Played two rounds of golf in uh, Kimberly, and it was, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's the, I, the, great I, scenery. I've tried to dedicate myself <laughs> to improving the game, my golf game this summer, and I've learned that, no, I'm pretty much the same as I was when I was 20. 
Just, I'm in that same range. Yeah, there's my regular range. Occasionally I'll shoot better. Occasionally I'll shoot worse. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, Dave Campbell is back from holidays and back covered the Edmonton Eskimos. The Eskimos are in an identical situation last week uh, as to what they were last year. Mm-hmm. They lost their first game. And then they had a week to buy. Now I know the details are different, but generally the same thing they went through last year. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it was a it was a tough loss to the uh, to the Ottawa Red Blacks. Now I, they played a lot better, especially offensively, than they did last year in Fort McMurray against the Argos. I mean, every phase was horrible, mm-hmm. right? And they lost Mike Riley, right? So they lost more last year than they did this year. They just you know they 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 were very frustrated with themselves. Uh, you know, going into a bye week knowing that it was a game that they should have won. They should have beat Ottawa. It shouldn't have come down to the uh, moments that it came down to, a 55, 55-yard field goal by Chris Milo to send it into overtime. and all the controversy around that. Uh, so, you know, it's regroup time, you know. And it's early. It's 0-1. It's, you know, you're not panicking at this point. And there's some things that really alarm you, like, the defense giving up over 500 passing yards and almost giving up 600 yards of offense, you know that's that's alarming. But it's something that you don't want to, you know, read into too much at this point in the season. So here come the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, they have a new offense they're working with, a similar offense to what the Eskimos are are using. Um, and you know, but but it's time to you know bounce back. You got to get that first win because if you go 0 and 2 heading into Winnipeg next week, you know. You, you're not you're not panicking. You're not. Yeah, but you start to doubt. Yeah, yeah. You start to doubt. You, you start to wonder. Yeah. You need the winning feeling in your locker room as early as you can get it. So that's why I think you know Friday is important for the Eskimos to win that game. Now, what's going on with the defense? It was clearly a tough night for a couple of defensive backs against Ottawa, and it, it, I mean Watkins. A, I didn't think had a great game, and mm-hmm. then B, B got injured. Um. Were they a little too passive on that last drive? I thought perhaps, but you know, you're right. It was a 55 yard low percentage kick. Mm-hmm. Is Benavides coming out saying, "All right, I got to change personnel. I got to change philosophy," or what do you see? You know, when, when I look at what Mike Benavides did in that game against Ottawa, you know, I thought for two quarters and in early into the third, they actually played pretty well. Then a span of five and a half minutes, all of a sudden, 14 points are on the board for for the Red Blacks. With coverage, that was dreadful, you know, and it just seemed to be that snowball effect going down the hill, the snowball getting bigger, blah, blah, blah. You know, and talking to Mike Benavides yesterday, he said it's unacceptable, but it's correctable. So he's confident that it can be, it can all be fixed. He says there's also, you know, we're balancing veteran players with new players with, uh, with, and some of them are basically raw rookies. Kenny Ladler's a raw rookie. Uh, Dion Ballou, for all intents and purposes, is a raw rookie because he only played the one game last year. You know, Gary Peters played some because they had injuries all over the place. Neil King has some experience. Uh, they had to use Josh Woodman at times, you know, in the secondary, and he's a, he's a draft pick from this year. So he says, you know, we're, we're, we use everyone in our defense because of injuries. So mm-hmm. we could not get continuity. So, you know, he's, he's not happy with it, but he's not overly concerned because he, he knows – that the personnel he has, it's a good group, but they got to make sure they don't beat themselves. And he right. said, for five and a half minutes in the third quarter against the Ottawa Red Blacks, we gave them 14 points, and that can't happen. Dave Campbell joining us, producer of this show, our Eskimos analyst here on 630 Chat Friday night, 6 o'clock, 
He and Morley Scott and Brendan Ulrich and Blake Dermott will sign on. That's the pregame show. The game against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders will start at 8. All right, uh, the new Edmonton Eskimo, Alex Hoffman-Ellis, came over in a trade with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. A conditional eighth-round pick in 2018. So uh, I read into that clearly a player that Hamilton was okay parting with. (laughs) So then let me ask you this. If Hamilton basically said, okay, we're going to give this guy away for not very much, what is his value then to the Eskimos? Well, if he's the Alex Hoffman-Ellis that played last year with the BC Lions in place of Solomon Elamimian, the Mm -hmm. linebacker, got hurt midway through the season, uh, I think the Eskimos have a good one here. Uh, 56 defensive tackles, 10 special team tackles, 3 interceptions. The situation with Hamilton is, and he signed with that team in, in February around free agency period when mm-hmm. it opened, um, he got beat by two imports in training camp. So he was third on their on their depth chart. Okay. So he has not had a great start to this season. So that is somewhat alarming. But the Eskimos looked at their situation at, at linebacker, and they're already playing, as Jason Moss said yesterday, with one linebacker short. Um, they don't have a lot of experience or any experience at all behind J.C. Sherrod, who plays middle, and Deion Lacey, who's the Will linebacker. So Hoffman Ellis can play both. So he's someone that can come in and, and be uh, a deaf player, someone that can fill in if there's an injury. Um, I think there's a good chance he'll play, and I think he'll probably play mostly on special teams. But there's you know a chance that he could play in the defense if there's an injury. And he's someone that knows the defense because he worked under Mike Benavidi's system in 2014. That was oh, Benavidi's okay. last year in Vancouver. So he understands the system. It's not that um, difficult for him. Uh, and it's someone that can come in as well and have you know bring in more knowledge. I mean, Court Parks is in uh, the fold defensively, playing at the uh, wide side halfback position. He played under the same system with Benavides. So you know, there's another there's another you know guy that they can you know uh, get more info from you know about the system. So you know you're right when you give up an eighth round conditional pick, conditional eighth rounder in 2018 in you know two drafts from now that that shows you Hamilton didn't value that player very highly because of you know two imports beating him out for the job. But the Eskimos going, you know what? He's available. Let's take a shot at him. Why not? You know, kind of like, you know, it's happened before with this team. Two years ago, they, they, they signed Paris Jackson, for example. He turned out to be pretty good down the stretch, right? right. After the Red Blacks said, well, we got no use for you, and they right. cut him early. So, you know, so just because one team doesn't see value in him doesn't mean another team doesn't. And the Eskimos see value in, Al- in, uh, in Hoffman Ellis, uh, and we'll see what happens. You know, they could have traded him for a, a 2038 draft pick, and that's when your son probably is going to be eligible. Probably. <laughs> Playing on the D-line or something. Ahead. <laughs> Dave, uh, we'll talk again tomorrow, buddy. Good to be back, Reed. Thank you. Great to have you by. That is Noah Campbell's dad, Dave, on Inside Sports tonight. Thanks a lot for coming in, Dave. 6 o'clock pregame show on Friday, 8 o'clock kickoff against the Saskatchewan Riders. Hey, Matthew Panaschik, this is going to be fun. Our guests on Thursday, the day before the game, will include former Rough Riders kicker Dave Ridgway. Remember him? You don't. Okay. Well, Dave Ridgway was a really good kicker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Ring a bell? Doesn't ring a bell. No, it does, but not not on my time, I don't think. Uh, well, when you were a little man. Okay, that's why.
It is uh, 716-780-496-0063. We are going to have our almost nightly phone call from Chris from Phoenix when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Mentioned uh, Josh Donaldson. Couple of home right uh, home runs tonight for the Blue Jays. He's three for four with two RBIs and four runs scored. Donaldson, Edwin Encarnacion, and Marco Estrada all named to the All-Star game for the American League. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Blue Jays are up 8-2 on the Royals in the top of the eighth. Open line, 780-496-0063. Hey, it's Chris from Phoenix checking in. Chris, how's it going, man? Pretty good. Just uh, sitting here in my air-conditioned car. I'll try to make it uh, fast because I know I'm probably up against it. No, you got uh, you got more time today. I'm curious what the temperature is. Uh, it's like uh, 109, so whatever. That's like 45. That's insane. You shouldn't it's be not, outside. Not, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's not bad. As long as you have air conditioning, you're pretty good. Now, <laughs> do, you, do you work indoors or outdoors? I work indoors, and it's, and it's uh, it has AC in it, so it's it's pretty good. Now, does everybody have air conditioning there? Uh, for the most part, um, like the newer, obviously the newer homes do, but some of the older older homes tend to have they're called swamp coolers, which is kind of like blowing wet air at people. So it's kind of <laughs> kind of pointless, but you know it's. But as far as the newer built homes, usually they have air conditioning. But anyway, okay. Uh, my, my comment is if Barry is available, I think Oilers should move heaven and earth to try to get this guy. Um, to, to me, a, a 50 to 60 point defenseman is worth a lot more than a 50 to 60 point center. Would you not agree? Uh, sure. He's had a 53 point season and a 49 his last two. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that he could be anywhere between a 45 to a 55 point guy on the Oilers. There's no reason why he shouldn't be. Sure. And if you if you look at if the Oilers do, uh, if we get lucky and we don't trade Nuge, or you know, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Nugent Hopkins, uh, I'll, I'll be ecstatic if we can add Barry and not trade Nuge. Maybe you can parlay like somebody else. Uh, but if we have to, to me going forward, and if you have a decor of Clefbaum, uh, uh, Larson, Barry, Sekera, and Davidson, and then Nurse, obviously. You're looking at a pretty solid uh, defensive core for the next five or six years, give or take what Barry gets. If, if let's just say Barry does get a five, five and a half to six mil, if we're lucky and we were to sign him for five and a half mil at say five to six years, that's amazing because you're looking at, you know, uh, four of your top four are making under six million. You're looking at uh, Clefbaum making uh, just over four, four million, Larson just over four million. Barry at five and a half, and then Secker at five and a half. That's ridiculous. There's there's no there's no top four in the league that has that right now. And then you're, we're still keeping uh, Drysaitel and um, and McDavid. And I know I know people are going to say, well, you know, they're young, they're they're twenty, they're nineteen, whatever. To me, it's it's a lot easier moving forward and actually being successful if you have a solid defensive core and maybe younger forwards than having no defensive core and younger forwards. So, you know, if we can somehow get Barry, like like Bob was, I'm kind of leaning towards what Bob is saying because he was one of the only guys out there, 
you know, that was uh, hinting at Larson last week. And uh, and if we can uh, trade scraps for uh, for Fowler and then and then uh, you know send Fowler to uh, to Denver, I'm all for it because then that makes this team a whole heck of a lot better. And uh, you know, it's going to be exciting to watch. So love the show uh, and uh, let's go Oilers and take care, brother. All right, that's uh, Chris from Phoenix checking in. We always get the weather update and his uh, thoughts on where his uh, favorite hockey team is at. Very passionate fan. Always appreciate when he calls in. Tyson Berry, 49 points last season, 21 of them on the power play, and he played 23 minutes and 12 seconds per game. I believe if he did become an Edmonton Oiler, and I would say that's uh, far from a uh, sure thing, Sorry, just Matthew, can you open up the text line and read the... I don't know what that text means that we just got in. I feel like I should answer it, but I don't know what it means. Uh, if Tyson Berry were to become an Edmonton Oiler, I don't think it would be necessary for him to play 23 minutes and 12 seconds because you'd have Larson as your right-shot D who would play defensive situations and Berry in more of an offensive role. It would add a lot of balance to the defense core just like Shirelli is trying to add balance up front, though I know for a lot of you, you, you didn't want that to come at the expense of Taylor Hall. Uh, we'll see. I mean, the the one texter earlier on, who was that? Was that uh, Nick that said? No, it was RJ. He said, why would the, he said, why would the Avalanche pay Nugent Hopkins $6 million if they could just keep Barry and pay him that much? Fair point. That's why Bob's three-way deal might make a little bit of sense with it going through Anaheim. And as we all know, sometimes when Bob mentions stuff, it, it comes to fruition. Like he put Larson's name out there uh, the day before. Was it the day before or two days before the trade actually happened? Ian is on the line. Hey, Ian. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing great. How's your night? Great. Um, one question. I just joined in the conversation, and I'm not 100% clear. With the expansion draft, you have to protect players on their entry-level contracts or not? No, no. I'm worried two, about... No, two years or less experience, you don't have to protect them. So, like, McDavid won't have to be protected. And Darnell Nurse, would he have to be protected? Uh, no, because this would be just his second year of pro coming up, right? Okay, no, I just want to make sure. I wasn't sure in that rule. I didn't want to... I was just wondering if we stockpiled on defense, if one of them would just get plucked from us anyway... And all this would be a new point moving forward. But. Well, they're going to have to protect Sekera. They're going to have to protect, I mean, the guys who would have to be protected. You're looking at Sekera, uh, Davidson, Clefbaum, uh, Larson, uh, Fane. All those guys would be eligible to be, to be protected. So, realistically, if we got Barry, we'd protect probably Barry, Larson, Clefbaum, and Sekera would be the odd man out, I would assume. Which would make sense. Well, no, Secker is on a no-move clause, so you have to protect oh. those guys. See, so now we trade for somebody who we... That's, that's the scary thing about acquiring these D-men. Are we going to be giving up a good asset, and they will be gone here in one year because we can't protect them? Well, or would you have to give another team Davidson, for example? Yeah. I just wasn't sure on who we had to protect and who we didn't have to protect. All. Yeah, well, I mean, they—I mean, maybe if you wind up doing this deal with another team where you're taking a defenseman from them, they want—they would want a younger defenseman back, right? So I'm just saying, you know, I, I mean, but I'm sure they would try to get Nurse, but I don't think Shirelli wants to trade Nurse. So I mean, do you? No. Do you, would, I mean, I wouldn't trade Nurse either. Would you? Would you trade Anaheim a, a draft pick and Davidson to get Fowler and then flip Fowler for Barry? Well, I would trade a lot of draft picks right now because 
we have to think too in two years how much Connor McDavid going to be making. He's going to get a very substantial raise. I don't think there's going to be any bridge deal for him. He's going to be making no. He could make twelve million a season. Yeah, so we will have to start dumping salary. We got two years to try to really to try to win before we have to start shedding salary and almost do the Chicago thing. And also, Nurse is going to get in the raise soon after two years. So will Drysaddle. So we don't have a big window to utilize the cheapness, I guess, of McDavid right now in his contract. Well, and maybe, and I mean, we've been talking a lot about the $6 million players. One has been traded. Maybe in the next 12 months, another one gets traded. And then, and, that, and that's, I mean, McClellan even mentioned that in his clip, and Shirelli kind of said he's, he's pretty happy with the moves. And, and McClellan said, you know, we've got to give things maybe time. Maybe, maybe the, the offensive defenseman who runs the power play isn't acquired this summer. It'd be great if he was. He would boost the team another notch ahead. Maybe that comes in December. Maybe that comes at the trade deadline. I, I know it'd be great if everything happened now and this team finally got closer to a playoff spot or in a playoff spot. But I also think Shirelli's sort of weighing. Like I think obviously Lucic and Larson are now moves. Maybe he waits a little bit to completely round it out. Maybe. Yeah, I, I just got no problem changing draft picks right now if it makes us closer. Well, that's a fair point. I mean, this team, and they drafted nine guys this year, Ian. They kept all the picks, as I'm sure you know. Yeah, so we don't need any more picks. Our best players are teenagers still. We don't need to think about the future. Like, it's happening right now. I'd rather be like Chicago, win a whole bunch, and then worry about the future later. And if we have a couple dark years, while our glory years aren't 30 years behind us, they're only five or six years behind us. Ian, thanks for calling, man. I'll talk to you again, okay? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. That is Ian, 780-496-0063. Danny from Vegreville says on the text line, Reed, please never mention Bob Stoffer and three-way again. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Blue Jays up 8-2 on the Royals, top of the ninth inning. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Eskimos and Riders. Friday night at Commonwealth Stadium. Kickoff at 8. Pre-game show on Chad will start at 630. Text here to 630-630 from Mark. He says, hey, hey, Reed, Connor McDavid, eight years at $12.125 million. That would be $97 million over the life of the contract. Then Mark says, uh, seriously, though, he will probably be making at least $10.5 million, probably eleven. Yeah, I would say so. I, I, would, I would guess in going, going into the 1819 uh, season, Connor McDavid will be the highest paid player salary-wise in the history of the National Hockey League. Very good chance that that happens. I just want to read something here. Denard Robinson, who's a running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, wasn't he a quarterback in college? for uh, Michigan, for the Michigan Wolverines? Yep. So, a couple days ago here, police arrive at a a pond, at a pond, around 4 in the morning. Here's the police report. I'm getting this off a website called The Comeback. The driver, Denard Robinson, opened his eyes and then went back to sleep. I continued to knock on the window until the passenger woke up and rolled the window down and said, What's up? Hey, this is the police officer talking. 
I explained that their vehicle was in a pond and that they needed to exit the vehicle. The passenger attempted to roll the window back up. I was able to reach in the vehicle and unlock the door so I could help the occupants exit the vehicle. The passenger refused to exit the vehicle and had to be pulled out of the car. The driver was passed out during this whole process. I was able to wake the driver but had to turn the vehicle off and remove his seatbelt. The driver thought he was on a road and did not want to exit the vehicle. I had to tell the driver multiple times his car was in a pond and was sinking, so he needed to hurry up and get out. The driver tried about three times to open the driver's door, which was the side that was underwater. I had to keep reminding the driver to climb out of the passenger side because his door was in the water. Just a typical night in the life of Jamie Thomas. Hey, Jamie, how are you doing? Man, I actually ended up in a pond one time, but I was awake in a vehicle. How did that happen? Well, in my infinite wisdom as a 19-year-old, I decided to pass people on the left side of the highway uh, in an intersection, and the front car turned off. So to avoid him, I burst off, and I went through an intersection into, the, into a pond. Wow. You, you broke the law. Yeah, I did. Did you get in trouble? Uh, actually, I got uh, off because it was close to... My lawyer was actually pretty good because he said my graduation was coming, so I avoided some serious problems. I don't know. Jeez. Oh, I don't even know who that lawyer is, but I think I owe him a big thank you, whoever you are. Well, I guess we can laugh about it because no one yeah. was injured, I hope. No, and then you get... Then my dad. I remember coming home, uh, and my dad was there, and he was so mad at me because it was a 61 Ford truck, and he had fixed it. Boy, like He had redone the body and all that stuff like that, and I put it in a pond. And he comes in the front room, and he looks at me, and you know when your dad's so mad he can't even talk? And he's like, he just starts talking, and then he walked out of the room. He did that three times before he finally came in and just told me to go to my room. So I dodged a huge bullet that day. Was anybody in the vehicle with you? Uh, Yeah, a couple other people. (laughs) Were they egging you on to do it, like to hurry up? No, it's just like it was just one of those dumb 18, 19-year-old stupid driving moves by a moron. Was the so. truck by by a moron? Was the truck ever drivable again? Yeah, we pulled it out, and I had to go fix it. Like every weekend for probably two months, I had to go to my dad's hangar and uh, do the repairs as part of my punishment. Now, I'm sorry if I'm embarrassing you, but I do find this yeah. to be a compelling story. Did a police yeah. officer have to drive you home and explain what yeah. happened? Yeah. Oh man, this is hell. Yeah, <laughs> I had to sit in the car, and I actually asked the police officer to come in because I said my dad's going to kill me. And all he did was laugh. Yeah. Let me go in by myself. Yeah, the police officer is just like, I don't even need to give you any trouble. The the law can't, the law's not going to make you feel as bad as your dad's going to. No, no. There's still something about your dad giving you crap and not saying anything that says everything, doesn't it? Oh, man. Well, I'm I'm glad you survived that incident, and I'm sure you're a lot better driver than you are now. I am now. Actually, Denard Robinson tried out for the Stampeders in the offseason. In the, in the in training camp. That's right. So was he? Yeah. So he was a free agent then, and re, so yeah. or is he not he under contract now? Camps. I don't know if he's under contract or not, but I recall him trying out and changing positions because he was going to play receiver for the Stamps. Well, yeah, I know that there was talk yeah. even when he was in university that he might wind up in the CFL as something yeah. other than a quarterback. Yeah, so he's attempting a position switch, but Calgary's pretty full at that position, so I'm not sure where he is, if he's on their negotiation list anymore or anything like that, or if he was just outright released. He's just trying out for the Pond Football League, the PFL. Yes, 
Yeah, good for him, though. Um, th- this is what they call the silly season, right? The the month between training camp when there's uh, OTAs and everything in the National Football League, and I realize it's not anybody's property at this point, but uh, bad things always happen in July Right, football players. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you, yeah, Jamie, I want I, I want to, and I'm going to make you feel even more uncomfortable here, but yeah. I want to a- ask you, uh, how are you doing? The broadcasting uh, industry is 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 just that, a business. As much as we, we love our yeah. jobs, uh, how are you doing that? You were, uh, I guess, uh, not voluntarily given a bump in a different direction. How have, the, how have you yeah. been doing the last couple of months? Tell, and tell uh, people the Coles Notes version. Uh, Coles Notes version, quickly, uh, Yahoo Sports has been nice enough to let me write on the website, so I've been doing all a lot of CFL-based or NFL-based articles, and uh, I'm kind of uh, in in the midst of something. I can't talk about it right now, but something good's on the horizon. But I mean, man, I miss I miss doing what I did badly. It's it's uh, I have a lot of empathy for people that have to are removed from a job they've been at a long time. And I was I was a sports for ten years, and nothing close to what a lot of people go through and to to lose their jobs. And it's, it, it is. Uh, by far the toughest things that anybody will ever go through uh, in terms of, you know, on top of being sick or anything like that. There's nothing like that. But, I mean, just it's it's, it's trying, and uh, I feel bad for my kids because I've been with them nonstop for four months without a break. And I, I think they're at the point now where they definitely they want me to get a job because they're, they're a little tired of me. Yeah. My patience. So my it's patience gone from, like, so it's gone my from, patience, like. It's so bad. I have nothing left. I lose it at everything now. So so it's gone from, like, Daddy, why can't you be home more? To now yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, Daddy, just yeah. go. Do something. Yeah. Even they're just like, please go get, do something. And they, <laughs> so, and my wife, God love her, she must be uh, thrilled at the process of me getting out of the house at some point. So, well, of course, I wish. I, I mean, I know we've obviously been in touch off air, but uh, on yeah. air, we wish you the best. And uh, I mean, I it's, uh, it. yeah, I mean, it's tough when that happens to someone uh, that you know and respect in the industry. But I'm glad you, you're diving in here with Yahoo. It is the yeah. uh, hook and lateral blog, so people can, can just Google that. And the CFL yeah. season off to uh, an interesting start. There've been a couple of thrilling games. But yeah. maybe the uh, <laughs> the moment of the year, Duran <laughs> Carter. Uh, I'm oh just gonna God. body check a coach. <laughs> Can you, are, are you with me on this one? Where you saw it happen, you're like, I don't. Did that just happen? And you're watching it. I'm like, why is he still celebrating? And he's walking right through the Ottawa Red Blacks bench uh, uh, sideline and continuing to talk. And I'm like, are you crazy? So now that I think about it, it is. Here they've already lost S.J. Green, and they did not know at the time that he was gone for the year, but he's already out of the game. And he does that. Uh, to me, says, I mean, he he is so talented and can do so many things. And he, he was behind a lot of receivers in Indianapolis, so that's why it never really panned out for him with the Colts. But, I mean, he was talking about winning the Triple Crown in the CFL this year for receivers, and I think he's, he's that gifted. But to, to put himself in front of the Alouettes, uh, he, it, it, they find him. But I don't think you can find them enough for how stupid that was. That is ridiculous, and the league does not need it. And uh, it's, the league got the all, the all kinds of wrong attention because of that moment. And uh, I, I don't think a game is enough. I think you, you needed a little bit more than that to send a message. But uh, a game it is, and uh, the CFL missed out on that one. What, what I'm curious about is I don't think Rick Campbell 
should have been fined. It's an odd no. bench situation in Montreal. No. The benches are on the yeah. same side. I mean, yeah. let's face it. Oh, the coach, you know, should have done more to avoid the contact. Don't go. Oh. Sometimes coaches are on the field during the play. Granted, not when the play is right in front of them, but you'll see coaches, coaches walk out in the field. You're like, you know. Yeah. He's not there just to, to cause problems. He's directing traffic because it was after a touchdown. You're sending your changing your personnel. And again, yeah, like you said, the, the benches are in a weird situation there. You are not expecting a, an opposing player to bump into you. So it doesn't, <laughs> you can't say he should have done more to get out of the way. What is he? Oh, I think Duran's going to hit me. I think he's going to hit me. I better get out of his way. He's coming at me. Because you would not think in a million years that an opposing player would bump you, especially with all your players around you. So I just, the people that are saying that he should, Rick Campbell should be done more to try to avoid the situation. It's ridiculous. They must be Alouette fans because that <laughs> is dumb. So he should not be fined. Uh, I do think the hit that Carter took after post-touchdown, right. it was, it was, and the player got fined. So uh, it, that was a really bad hit. And I, I had felt that Ottawa was being particularly aggressive and physical with Deron Carter throughout the, ma- throughout the game. So I can see why I was frustrated, but not – to that level where you hit a coach and go off and keep talking on the sidelines. So he, he deserves more than he got. It was a stupid play, and it should not happen. Yeah, I mean, and it's already said oh, it's going to be. I mean, it already inspired a top 10 list on, on yeah. uh, TSN. And they should, I still love the Mike Tomlin cutting off the uh, <laughs> Jacoby Jones, the kick returner yeah. for the Ravens. Yeah. Like, Tomlin's yeah. watching I mean, it on the big true, screen. That's a true rivalry. That's how much those two teams hate each yeah. other. So, Coach even wants to get in and try and stop it. I mean, that that division is the AFC North is fantastic for those types of stupid things. And I mean, you look at the coaches getting uh, Joey Porter going on the on, on the field against Cincinnati in the playoffs last year. Oh right, yeah, yeah. So there's just all kinds of shenanigans going on. Um, so in the AFC North, but that is exactly that's right up there, and it's going to be. I would put that. Not at number one, but pretty darn close to number one if I was uh, TSN at that point. Well, I think they had Zimmer and Pedro at number one, which is still like I I was watching that game live when it happened. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think the word unbelievable gets overused, but I I remember watching that and thinking, wait a minute, okay, you know, and there were several melees in that series, right, where the dugouts cleared or shouting back and forth. But I remember they had the camera on, on Pedro, and I'm like, what? What what did what Don Zimmer like what what why and I know it looked bad that Pedro kind of grabbed his head and shoved him to the ground but I mean I think Zimmer I mean God rest his soul I think he was going down anyway charging yeah. in there like like I think well he was charging like a bull he had his head down right like, it's like when your little brother comes flying at you and he's got nothing else to do but put his head down and come flying at you like a little bull so I think I can see why now Pedro shouldn't have driven his head into the ground after, but I agree with you. I think that Zimmer was on his way down anyway. So I think he had lost his balance at that point. Uh, JB Thomas uh, joining us, the hook and lateral blog on Yahoo Sports. Uh, to get back to the, the, the CFL topic, um, just your impressions of uh, the Eskimos-Ottawa game. Obviously, the Green and Gold haven't played since. Uh, how? What is your level of, of concern about what you saw defensively from the Eskimos in that game? Well, considering what Montreal did the fall. Sorry, uh, Ottawa did the following to Montreal. Not that Montreal's defense is that much better. Uh, I have serious concerns about the secondary of, of that one. That's, you have two quarterbacks almost putting up 300 yards apiece against you in your home opener after you've won the Grey Cup. And yes, you've had change in personnel. There's change in the coaching staff. But for that to happen, like I, I uh, 
I would have massive concerns that maybe that buy came at the right time so they could collect themselves and, and be ready for Saskatchewan because now you have another uh, good storyline heading into this one because you, you come off a rivalry with the Ottawa Red Blacks, the team you beat in the Grey Cup and then severely underperformed against in your home opener, and now you welcome back Chris Jones and some other members of the coaching staff and some ex-players uh, in your second game at home where you hopefully will have more fans and uh, will put up a much better effort. But um, I, I, I know Jason Moss very well from his, his playing days. Uh, didn't run into him too many times in his, in his coaching days, but I know he's, he'll have the Eskimos ready to go, and I don't think we're going to have that much of uh, a stinker in terms of defensive effort uh, against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Yeah, well, and a Riders team that uh, looks like they got a long way to go to really gel and, f- yeah, and figure some things you can't, out. You cannot change over a roster, that overhaul a roster, and expect the, the moon at this point. I don't care who you are. And I, I, I have massive respect for Chris Jones, but that's, they have a long way back. They have a lot of uh, a long way to go, but you know, I, I get what he did. I get that you want your people in there. Um, I don't know how they couldn't make it work with Sean Lemon, who's a very talented defensive player. Um, but that's uh, that's where they sit at this point, and I agree with you. They, they do still have a ways to go in, in terms of getting back to being a, a Grey Cup contender. All right. Jamie, it's great to have you on the show. I, I hope your kids can tolerate you for the uh, the rest of the evening. <laughs> it's summertime, buddy. They're home every day all the time, so it's good. I need a job, man. <laughs> that's awesome. You'll get All one right, soon, and uh, great stuff you're writing on the Hook and Lateral blog on Yahoo Sports. We'll keep Thanks. reading that. We'll do this again, buddy. Great to catch up okay. with you. Okay. All right, my friend. Talk to you very soon. That is Jamie Thomas checking in tonight. Love having that guy on the show. Loves his football both sides of the border. And, uh, yeah, I mean, tough break at Sportsnet, but uh, that guy's going to bounce back. Very hard worker. Used to Jamie used to work, what, at uh, A-Channel here in Edmonton, right? He was in uh, Lethbridge for a couple of years before that. Very accomplished broadcaster. Great guy. It is 7.50. It is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Got a couple of text messages I want to catch up to at 6.30, 6.30. If you feel like phoning in, 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Chad. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, Inside Sports on Chet indeed. It's 752. This portion of the show brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can visit actionfurnace.ca. Matthew Panaschik working hard on the other side of the window this evening. Matthew, are you attending the football match on Friday evening or are you working? No, I will be going to the game for the first time this season, so I'm looking forward to that. Good man. Now, do you have season tickets to the Eskimos as well? No. You just go? I just go. You just go, you just hide under Brian Hall's coat? Yes, exactly. <laughs> by the way, i just like to say, Hallsey has some great seats at the game, by the way. Does he? He is. Well, doesn't he get to sit in the media center? It's named after him. Yes, that's what I'm saying. He has some great. Oh, he actually okay. hosts. He hosts. He hosts Len Rhodes's box. Usually, he tells me. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's the host. And there, you know, he goes in there and tells his stories. And his stories, by the way, are great. Just to let everybody know if you've never heard any Halsey stories. Oh, I they think everybody's fantastic. heard some Halsey stories. They are fantastic. Just if, to sit and listen. If anybody's to. listened to Chad, they've heard some Halsey stories. Yeah, exactly. Right. Ah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, but yeah, you're, of course you're going. You have well, I shouldn't say you have a season tickets to the Eskimos. I do. Right? This is the twentieth season I've had season tickets with my mother and father. Well, congratulations! Big on shout that. out to Bob and Louise Wilkins probably tuning in tonight. You know, uh, one thing about I got to tell you a story about my mom. 
Okay. Uh, you met my mom, didn't you? Yes, I have. This, uh, this sweet lady. A very caring woman. Uh, I don't know how old she is. 90 or something like that. 70. It's in that range. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, my mom is my mom is a senior citizen, right? And we always think senior citizens are nice, sweet, caring people, right? Which my mother is, except when it comes to one thing, having to deal with Saskatchewan Rough Riders and their fans, right? <laughs> like, you know, my mom's my mom's all sweet, and she always like this is my mom's voice. Oh, would you, do you have lunch today? Would you would Matthew like some lunch as well? I have some kubasa. Would Matthew like some kubasa? It's like, no, Mom. Matthew doesn't need kubasa. Bugles, maybe. Oh, kubasa is pretty good. So anyway, she's all like, uh, like a lot of moms, but I think especially Ukrainian moms, my mom very concerned about everybody eating, right? Uh, I'm sure your mom is like that, but, but this is the thing. Is your mom like that? Like, why do moms think that their children don't understand that they need food? Can you tell me that? Yeah, I don't know. My mama's like that as well. We're grown men. We we clearly have understood that nutrition is necessary to sustain life. Like sometimes I'm a 42-year-old man and I'll be talking to my mom and she'll say, don't forget to eat. It's like, how how would I possibly forget to eat? Exactly. I would be be hungry, therefore signaling, signaling me that I should consume food. So anyway, my mom is very concerned about me and, and most of the Chet staff eating. You know. Oh, would Dave Campbell like some cookies? I, I, could give, I could give you cookies in a baggie. I could give you cookies in a baggie for Dave Campbell. Right? Okay. So anyway, that's my mom. And, but except when you bring in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, then she gets the Satan voice. Hey, Mom, uh, Eskimos are playing Saskatchewan on the weekend. I hate them. I hate them. They're stupid little fans. That's all of a sudden. It's like all of a sudden my mom is possessed. Like if we're if we're out in public in the mall or or if I'm driving my mom somewhere and we see somebody in a in a Saskatchewan jersey or a hat, she'll be like, "Look at them. I hate them." So my mom's really looking forward to the game on on July, and then they're here again in August. So she gets to mingle and meet even more Saskatchewan fans. It's quite wonderful. Hey, Mom, that person over there looks hungry. Oh, maybe I could get them a bowl of soup. Oh, I think they cheer for the Rough Riders. I hate them. I hope they starve. Coming up to the 8 o'clock news, you text 63630. Phone number 780-496-0063. More hockey talk, some hoops talk in the next hour. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.